Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Also, follow us everywhere on social at DIY Money Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the video on YouTube. We've got some awesome bonus content there. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. So, Daniel, you guys continue to, to rent. What's the what's the mindset? Uh, obviously, we haven't seen any changes in prices just yet. Uh, you looking, you know, forward to potentially like the or exact what? opposite of buy, hold, and hope. Yeah, it's sort of like uh, rent. Keep the radar up and. Be ready to pounce if if something happens. No, we're I mean we're keeping our eyes open. We uh, Zillow is relentless in sending us uh, push notifications about uh, new listings and things like that. So, are you seeing any any change at all? Any trend change whatsoever? You know, we've seen people get really aggressive with their list prices. Uh, so for a while there, it was like people would list stuff, and then obviously we even actually looked at. It hasn't been recently, but months ago we we looked at a couple properties, and pretty much all of them went for forty or fifty thousand above asking, which is in our area roughly ten percent, you know, above asking, uh, you know, with multiple offers and blah blah blah. Anyhow, we didn't make offers on any of them, but uh, we would go look, and then uh, the realtor that we're using would call us and say, "Well, they want offers in by noon tomorrow." We're like, "Yeah, we're not doing that." So uh, we just we're really bad at house shopping because we don't make life decisions really quickly and in haste. So. What we've noticed is people really trying to reach for the start. I mean, people are smart, right? So if 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 they're seeing their neighbor's house getting you know bids way above asking price, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you list your house for a pie in the sky asking price and see what happens? So uh, we're seeing a lot more. What I would say, in my opinion, are pretty lofty list prices, and then uh, starting to see things come down. But I will say, stuff that's good is still selling really quick. Uh, we had a couple of houses that aren't in our rental, the neighborhood that we rent in. Uh, you know that are more moderately priced kind of houses, and uh, that's definitely going kind of the low end. And I think with mortgage rates having increased, stuff that is a little bit more affordable per se is uh, is definitely going quick. Um, you know, news from the Wall Street Journal today: the the average mortgage is now above five percent uh, for average new mortgage uh, rates have been above five percent if you kind of researched for a little while. But now that's kind of rippling through to people taking out mortgages. Uh, are now above five percent. You got to think uh, that the combination of higher inflationary pressures in all areas—utilities, um, you know, groceries, maintenance costs, etc.—combined with higher interest rates now, uh, therefore creating an overall significant increase in expense would first hit these larger homes. So, if somebody's looking at a larger home that they may normally you know, not be able to afford, uh, but once the rates were two, three percent, they might go, oh, you know, I can afford that now that the rate is so low. Well, now the rate's five percent, and I don't know what a jumbo loan is. It's probably a little bit more than that. Um, now all of a sudden they might be going, okay, I can't, I can't afford that. Combined with um, people that are sitting there going, oh my gosh, do we really need to heat this large house? Do we really need to, you know, why don't we just sell and downsize? So mm-hmm. I, I suspect, I haven't seen no evidence of this whatsoever, but my suspicion is the first uh, mover 
to the price uh, situation would be these larger homes uh, with the combination of inflationary pressure, pressure but higher interest rates, uh, creating a, probably a, a increased demand for a considerable time in the smaller you know, smaller homes, because again, now you're you're pushed down to the smaller home because of the higher rates, or you're trying to downsize and save money on the on the maintenance or inflationary pressures from utilities. Um, and then ultimately, uh, once things cool, you know, then then those those areas will probably come down as well. So it'll be interesting to see how how it all transpires. I know we've been talking about it. it's a hot button. We've been talking about it since we basically started the show. Over yeah, I mean, housing ago. moves slowly. Houses move quickly right now. Uh, but housing as in sort of economic thing moves slowly. And that's just because it takes a while for changes in the housing market. To, I mean, uh, you have people list houses and then the closing process takes time. So, I mean, changes in a consumer's attitude towards purchasing a houses take months to unravel because the information that's kind of coming into consumers right now uh, won't be seen in actual housing price data and things like that uh, until people who right now are looking for houses are closing on houses, which is three-ish months out. So, but yeah, I mean, just the move in interest rates alone—you're talking about, you know, say a five hundred thousand dollar house right now. The move from interest rates six months ago to now is about a five hundred dollar per month change. I think, roughly speaking, I didn't do that math, but roughly speaking, about a five hundred dollar per month change in housing expense just in the interest rate alone. Um, so that um, that's significant. I'm sure there's a penthouse we could move into. Please, there are other options. Well, homelessness is still on the table. All right, let's go to our question because this is um, in line with what we're talking about. So Joyce has got a question for us today. Joyce, what do you got? DIY! Hi, DIY Money. I'm Joyce. I started listening to your show from the Index Funds episode, and I've fallen in love with your show ever since then. My question is regarding real estate. If I have the down payment amount as well as sufficient cash for closing costs, how early do I need to start preparing for purchasing a house in terms of financing? Do I need to be all prepared with the amount just to go to see a house? And what else am I missing out in considering the costs? Thank you so much. Okay, um, I'm going to hit this from a couple different angles, and then Daniel, you 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 will probably be um, uh, much better verse with this because this is the situation you're in. Um, but my understanding is you want to have a pre-approval letter that basically lets a buyer know that you are pre-approved for a loan at a various institution for a certain amount. Now, maybe you already have this, and you know this isn't really what you were asking. But um, nonetheless, I, I think that'll help you. You're going to be competing in this environment. There are a lot of people using cash. I don't know if they're taking home equity lines of credit out of their other properties, buying cash, you know, who knows. But um, you know, if, if, if a seller is looking at competing offers, somebody's offering cash versus somebody who has to secure financing, the seller's going to take the cash offer 100 out of 100 times. There's no question about it. Um, I remember when we were competing with a, someone on, on a home, uh, which I think is hysterical in hindsight. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We were selling a home. And uh, I thought it was uh, it's hysterical in hindsight because this, the home sale was so it was our very first home. Uh, we were selling it for like I don't know 125 thousand or something. And I mean it was great because we bought it for like 60 thousand. But nonetheless, I remember getting offers in 
uh, and and uh, one of them was an all cash offer, and the other was a financing. Uh, by a college student or recently graduated college student, and she wrote this wonderful letter about how she could see herself living there and having coffee on the porch and starting her job and starting her career and all the rest of this stuff. Uh, but she wrote that letter because she had to get financing. So it was a great letter. I loved it. It was wonderful. We didn't sell her the house. A- absolutely not. I mean, I'm not getting emotional about somebody. Somebody says, here's $125,000 in cash versus you know this wonderful letter. It was a great letter, but sorry. I wrote a letter to Warren Buffett, and he said, hey, love the letter, but no, you're not coming to work for me. So it is what it is. Um, now, on top of that, uh, you're going to, a lot of people underestimate, you're going to buy a house, uh, you're going to furnish this house. So there's going to be cost of furnishing the house. Now, you you know, uh, maybe you're going to say, no, we're not. We're going to use the existing furniture we have for a very long period of time. Uh, you got a lawn, you're going to need a lawnmower. You're going to need somebody to cut the lawn. Uh, you know, again, general maintenance, things you move in, there's some issues with the HVAC, et cetera. Uh, so all those startup costs, if you will. And then I'll personally, my personal opinion is a 2%, it is safe to assume a 2% annual maintenance and upkeep fee on your home. I, I know that people might think, well, that's a lot. That's crazy. I've I've been in homes for I don't even know now, a long time, 17, 18 years, 19 years, I guess, since since pre 20 years, pre-marriage. Um, and looking back, I mean, it's 2% all day long with the occasional big kick in the backside when you got to replace an HVAC unit or something like that. But if you so, accrued at 2% that whole you, well, time, if you had been accruing that at 2%, yes. then it would... Oh, and, and yeah, comes, so, so like, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's, again, emergency fund is there for, but I think... People underestimate the expense of a home. It just, you know, you're, you're not going to move into a home in a beautiful neighborhood and you got all these neighbors around you. This is a good example. And all of a sudden, come spring, you got 700 dandelions in your lawn. I mean, you can go to Home Depot and Lowe's all you want and get the spray. and But ultimately, you're going to have to spend a lot of money to make sure you're not the house with dandelions all over the, all over the lawn. <laughs> A good example, right? Uh, and again, I can go on and on. But Daniel, what other things might, might uh, Joyce be missing? Yeah, definitely get the uh, pre-approval letter. Uh, as we've been looking at houses, we basically have a rolling pre-approval. So you get this at the bank, and then it's good for you know, 60, 90 days, and then you have to re-up it and so forth, which is, is no big deal. They issue these pretty quickly. You go online, fill out a bunch of information. They'll usually call you to clarify some information, and then they'll issue you a letter that says how much you're pre-approved for, up to a certain amount. And pretty much your real estate agent is going to want to see that before you can put an offer on a house because they're going to want to know that you legitimately can actually go through the whole process of buying the house, etc. I would also make sure that any cash that you are going to use for closing, down payment, etc., uh, the bank's going to want to see where that is and where it's come from if it hit your account recently. So I wouldn't make any big moves in your financial accounts for the three months leading up to a home purchase. So if you have a you know, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollar down payment, leave it in one account, let it sit there uh, while you're going through the, the home buying experience. Don't don't be moving that, you know, from your investment account to your savings account to your uh, checking account, etc. Uh, just leave it in one place. Uh, it's going to make your life as you go through sort of the the kind of the closing roadmap much much better because they need to verify all of that information. Uh, see what else as far as looking. Well, for a she's going to have general closing costs, which is yeah. going to be wrapped up in your loan. 
so you're going to have a, a you know title. Uh, basically, they're going to they're going to make sure you have a clean title. There's mm-hmm. going to be so the title fee. There'll probably be a loan processing fee. This is where you know you can really find a competitive lender who maybe doesn't charge a lot for that. Um, origination fees potentially. Uh, some people you can buy down your mortgage by paying points. Um, that's a mathematics game, so you can you know you can run the numbers to see if that makes sense. Um, title insurance, which is in, in my opinion. Everyone's going to buy it. I won't give you my opinion about title insurance, but you're going to buy it because you want to make sure you have a clean title. Um, And so those are all going to be wrapped up in the closing uh, process of the actual home and the loan. That will be wrapped up in the loan. Um, So there will be, you know, upwards of $10,000 or so in all these fees on top of that, but you won't be coming out of pocket for that. That'll be added to the loan amount. Um, You know, sometimes you come out of pocket for. Some of those closing. Yeah, I guess you could. Um, I mean, I think gone are the days where sellers are oh, yeah, super was, happy to cover closing costs. That was my great. That was a good thing back in the day. You'd be like, yeah, like, I'll, I'll, I'll buy it at this plus price. Closing. Yeah, but you throw in ten thousand for closing or something like that. So, anyways, long gone are those days. But um, I again, you'll learn all about that stuff uh, as you as you proceed through the process and you get your you know closing statements and. Uh, all the rest of that. But I cannot stress enough the cost that people seem to miss when they move into a home and that emotion and, and sort of idea of new furniture. Oh, there's a bathroom we want to redo. Or, you know, and then the expenses of, uh, you know, oh, that, that's not working all that right. And, and boy, it didn't get picked up on inspection, but we really need to replace it. And, you know, all of these things. And then next thing you know, if you have not saved and you don't have the money aside, it's on credit cards. And, ugh, you know, so it's very, very costly that, again, I think if you can annualize a, a 2% amount, plus, again, what, what you're thinking about moving in with as far as furniture or any changes you want to make, et cetera, are, are mandatory, in my opinion. Even when we moved into our rental, I was at Lowe's every other day. Oh, it's unbelievable. Doesn't I really mean, matter. I, like, I, we'll I spend money. Yeah, I can understand why people, I, you know, give me a van by the river, right? Like, I, that's all I need. I'm good. I'm good with that. Anyways, I don't think my wife would be too happy about that. I think you've tried, and she said hard no. Yeah, hard no. I wanted to do the RV life. I would have been amazing. I could have just rolled up here in the back uh, parking lot, throwing the RV down, rolling to work, back in the RV. <sighs> Ready or not, nature, here we come. <laughs> Boy, she just kills all the joy, doesn't she? Oh, yeah. Anyways, all right, let's wrap it up. That's a great question, Joyce. Thanks so much. I don't think we've ever covered sort of the qualitative uh, other expenses that might that might come with home ownership. So hopefully that was helpful. Nonetheless, we'll send you a $25 gift card for your question because it was really good and we used it on air. So that's all we did. Joyce sent us an audio file to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. Her question was around a minute and 20 seconds, and that's how it got on air. So... Go ahead and send us those questions, and we'll uh, use that on the podcast, and we'll give you a $25 Amazon gift card. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.